Hello and welcome to Pipesicle, where we hopefully talk about functional programming. So today, what are we going to talk about? You tell me. You are the one who wants <laughs> to talk about this topic, but well, I just well, I like it too. So thought that we're calling our podcast Pipesicle because I use lots of pipes <laughs> at my work. But what is pipe? Well, what does you what do you say a pipe is? Alice and Elm and an elixir too, mm. and I don't know what other languages is. Uh, there is a pipe operator, and then the less than greater than. So there is left pipe or right pipe depends on where you want to give the return value of the previous function is. Mm-hmm. So the left pipe is less than and then pipe operator and if it's the right pipe that is pipe operator and then greater than <laughs> <laughs> yep and yep. Do you know what they, that's what they look like and do you know what i mean what does that mean tristan what does that mean oh, you want me to say <laughs> um i guess it means it's it's i thought i said it yeah it's put- to give the return value of the previous function yeah it puts the data from it yeah it pushes the data from from the outside of the pipe to the inside of the pipe i guess so, so that you can combine you can combine a series of functions to to transform your data um so i heard it's called chaining functions yeah you could, or you know. currying or that's no, different currying is is different so this is one of the differences in the syntax between um elixir and out because in elixir you have uh, functions that take multiple values and they have the brackets uh, and separate them by commas. Um, I think there's some way where you can where you don't have to specify the brackets and the commas, but I don't understand the syntax well enough because I've never actually programmed in Elixir. Um, no, in Elixir, with or without brackets, it still works. Yeah, it sort of works, but it's slightly. It, it, it's always sort of like it's more like it's transforming without brackets into the form with brackets because it always thinks of the function. A function naturally has like three arguments or two arguments or four arguments, and that's that's part of the definition of the function. Whereas in Elm, all the functions are naturally written in curried form, and what that means um, is that you don't have more than one argument to a function. Every function, more or less, I mean, unless you're using a tuple or a pair or a triple or whatever, uh, every function naturally has only a single argument. And so when you write a function that looks like it's got two arguments, you're actually, you're, you're really writing a function that has one argument, which returns a function that takes one argument, which returns a value. So you don't actually, like logically, according to the language definition and the way it works you don't have functions with two arguments you have a function with one argument that returns a function with one argument and so the space is function application and so that's why if you have um, the syntax like if you say you know the you, you say f space g space x and that means that first we apply f to g and then that's going to return a function that takes x okay um, but if you want to do it the other way around and you want to apply g to x first and then put that into f you can use a pipe or you can use brackets but that's not to do with the currying as we are so the currying means that you can always just omit the last argument of your function 
and have that now, what the result of that is, is a function that takes one argument. So you can just apply as many arguments as you know now and just automatically get a function that takes the remaining arguments later. I still don't understand which part of it called currying. So, so currying is the idea that a function only ever has one argument and it returns a function that takes the remaining arguments. It, it, maybe it's easier if I write something down, but I can't do that on a podcast. I know. Um, so it, can you think about JavaScript? Can I think about JavaScript? Yeah. Okay. Okay. So if you define a function in JavaScript, and imagine if you just define a function that takes two arguments, which we'll call x and y, and it returns the sum of x and y. So it'd be function bracket x comma y close bracket squiggle bracket return x plus y. Yes. Um, and so that's uncurried. That's the normal way you think of a function. That's a function of two arguments, mm -hmm. and that's just the normal way that they are in most programming languages. But in languages like Elm and Haskell, which are ordinarily written in curried form, mm -hmm. um, then it's equivalent to actually what you're defining is something that would be equivalent in, in, in JavaScript of, so you say, you know, function bracket x close bracket squiggle bracket return function open bracket y close bracket squiggle bracket return x plus y and then two close squiggle brackets uh okay so it's it's a function that returns a function that takes the remaining arguments okay i think uh, i'm beginning to understand it better yeah and and and, and the 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 elm syntax that's why you don't have brackets to call to, for function applications in elm right mm -hmm. because you just need the space because every function only ever has one argument so that, that means, you know, you apply the function to the next argument. Mm -hmm. um, and then that will return a function that takes the next argument. And so on and so on and so on. I think that's what tripped me the first time. Because every time I want to have more than one argument, I forgot the brackets. And then it threw error <laughs> <laughs> messages. But I, I, don't, uh, I don't remember what's the exact error messages. But everyone who has used elm or a language with the same i don't know what to call it Syn syntax i guess or you could maybe it's function philosophy or, yeah yeah like the mechanics, mechanics. <laughs> yeah, mechanics. <laughs> with the same mechanics it's like oh you want to give more than one arguments that's just you need a bracket here or you can use pipes i think that's how I <laughs> <laughs> that's how they introduce pipes the first time yeah because the um the left pipe which in haskell is a dollar sign it's sort of like you imagine you replace that with an open bracket and then at the end of the line there's a closed bracket yes so it just sort of like automatically goes off and, and just wraps everything else in a bracket so it can pass it to yeah. whatever comes before because it makes so much different that's what i remember because there is a a big bracket at the end and then a bracket at every function you want to be the next thing because you can't do for loop or something like that right mm. so it's just instead of instead of one line of multiple brackets with pipes it's clear the boundaries between the function yeah yeah is that clear how i describe it or i, I think so yeah and i i think the other issue about the reason why we can do so much of that in a language like Elm and also Elixir, which is more functional, and why you don't do so much of that in a language 
like JavaScript or, or Java mm -hmm. is probably because it encourages you to write every individual step yes. as a separate function. Um, and then you, you just need to sort of process this information because there's no state. You try and write it in a more or less stateless way whenever you're trying to solve your algorithms. Ooh, stateless? Okay. I never actually thought that it could be stateless. I mean, Elm is obviously not stateless because every every application that is useful to a person is going to have some state in it. Oh, <laughs> useful. <laughs> Otherwise, it's just a mathematical calculation. Um, mm. <laughs> uh, I mean, a batch, a batch processing, I guess, I mean, yeah. But the, 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 the state is, is um, the state is kind of divided up into the, the bit that, of the state that is controlled by Elm, which is a long-lasting state. And, you know, a short-term state, which is just the function, the parts of, different parts of your functional computation which are values that you have a let binding for and you never change them so they're not really they're just you know intermediate results rather than being rather than being something that you transform state that you change over time um, so mm. whether you want to call that state or not is a, is a up to you i guess somebody probably has a technical definition of state but i think a state is stuff that changes over time that's probably not the right definition <laughs> <laughs> to get here so i mean when we think about elixir it also has these chains of pipes Change. chains chains okay and so what do you think about the elixir chains of pipes i guess because then uh the nature of elixir where i work is only for backend so i think it's useful when you want to do more than one validations that means you can you know have different validation function what mm. <laughs> different functions to to have to have each function validate specific items and then just pipe them together not pipe them chain them <laughs> i don't know how to correct way to say it but yeah, I think that's one of the example how we use chain of pipes in Elixir. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of... But, oh, I know. I think when we found out what's the weird thing or a difference between Elm and Elixir is the order of the arguments and in, in Elm... The, the data yeah, that so you give the, the subject of the function because there's always sort of like something that you think about like one of the arguments is kind of the subject, the subject. you want to change yeah change or, or look at or whatever mm -hmm. and then there's another uh, other arguments are sort of parameters to the function to change how it behaves mm -hmm. um, like in, in filter then you have the, the boolean function that's going to remove things from the collection and that's part of like the parameters there's also another weird things about it though in elixir filter means you keep i think in both of them filter is what you keep oh really it's weird filter is what you keep in in programming languages yeah oh, just okay. by some sort of weird standard i don't i don't know why i always think filter is you filter things out but in, in yeah the, the first time i wanted to use filter i always thought that filter means you uh, delete stuff or remove stuff from the list of things. I think everybody who first learns functional programming always has that problem. But it turns out the return value will be the things that you keep. <laughs> yeah, yes. The, the, the thing, whatever you return true for, that's what you're keeping. And it sort of makes sense. Yes, if you return true, it means I want it. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, no, no, no. but when you think of filter, you think I want to filter and I want to f 
filter to remove these things but no you don't you want a filter and you want to keep these things um yeah <laughs> it's it, it it makes sense and it also is confusing i think i think it's just the intuition of the word filter in english just has this concept but as soon as you start writing a programming interface for it you have to go this way mm. um i don't think you can go another way um anyway but back, yeah, back to our back to the order of the, the argument the, the, the subject is the thing you're filtering through and mm -hmm. the parameter is 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 the function that you're using the to decide whether to keep behavior. them or leave it. exactly yeah uh -huh. um or or yeah for for many things you could have something similar um that you know you might have a, a query to send to the database and that doesn't explain the order though but it it does it does it exactly des des describes the order because normally in most conventional programming languages um when you have this subject to a function it's going to be the first one and the the parameters are usually going to be the last arguments and maybe some of them are optional as well if you have no you forgot to mention uh, you forgot to mention which one is Alexandra and which one is Alan. I haven't forgotten that I was just going to say oh okay <laughs> and uh, I, was, I was first establishing what the custom is in most programming <laughs> languages um uh yeah and and so perhaps some of the, the parameters are even optional in a programming language because because um elixir has optional arguments as well uh, you can you can do that backslash and then give a default value if you don't supply uh, it. yes and php has has optional arguments javascript has optional arguments um and so the the subject comes first and the parameters all come later and and that's that's the way we which elixir follows because elixir is probably more heavily influenced by being similar to conventional programming languages yes i get that feeling too um whereas elm has been more influenced by the the like languages like haskell um where currying is a big thing because currying offers you know all these, these advantages but it does mean that you want to have the the subject of the function should be the last parameter um and so because that that's a little bit surprising to people people like to have the subject at the beginning but in elm and in in haskell and presumably in in the ml languages which also have this kind of syntax what is ml languages ml it stands for meta language i think and it's sort of uh just the school of functional programming languages that you know haskell comes out of i guess um, i think one of the most commonly used ones is called ocaml um, it's from france uh, and it is actually used by facebook as the implementation of uh, hack which was is i'm not sure uh, their php extension to add types to it it's sort of like you know they've got flow flow might be written in camel as well actually okay um but flow is like an extension to javascript to add types and hack is an extension to php to add types oh okay um i heard about hack but I, i'm not sure what is it about but so it's extension for php yeah and it also has a syntax that is similar to uh jsx um, oh okay for for obviously doing server-side rendering stuff uh because uh obviously you know they have a very big php code base and it's important for them to get to get it actually reliable and types especially more strict types tends to help that immensely the stricter the types the type system system um the better whereas if you have a more a more fluid type system which a lot of more engineering based languages tend to have it 
it can be easier to get going, but it ends up sometimes just being more frustrating rather than helpful. Mm. Um, but anyway, this difference yeah. between <laughs> curried, curried languages and, and, and languages which aren't curried, where the curried language has the subject as the last parameter, ends up affecting the way the pipe works. Um, because in the curried languages like Elm, you, you give it a partially applied function. And so when you pipe, you know, you, you've got get people source, get get people is a yeah, function, get people from source, get people source. You pipe that into a function, list.filter, um, and then you give it has minimum age 20 as an argument. And, and this text will be included in the show notes because it's hard to understand what readout code is supposed to mean. Um, and that naturally means that, you know, you've got, uh, list dot filter and you're passing it the fun the function has minimum age 20 and so that is evaluated and now you have a partial it's a partially applied function so there's still one more argument to go because list dot filter takes two arguments one is the function has minimum age 20 and the other one is the subject um, and so you just add the result of whatever gets piped into it to the end it's sort of like you, you could convert that to being you know let uh, people come from get people source uh, in list.filter has minimum age 20 people. Um, whereas with Elixir, because the subject always wants to come first and you're normally going to be piping around the subject, that's rather than the parameters, the, the thing you're thinking about is the people in this context. Um, so you would you would have get people source and you'd pipe that into enum.filter has minimum age 20. Um, so it looks the same, the pipe, the pipe itself looks the same. But the expanded form is in the other order. So you say um, people equals get people source and then enum.filter people has minimum age 20. So the subject there, the people, is sort of stuck into the first argument. Um, so obviously the the language has to have this extra complexity in its, in its concepts and the person who's reading it has to know that even though sometimes the first argument is the first argument in its written form is the actual first argument in other contexts like when you have piping happening uh, the the first argument that's written down is actually the second argument according to its definition yes i think i got caught up a lot especially when i switch between <laughs> uh like back and forth like half of the day i work in elm and then half of a day later i work in elixir yeah i i am um, like i i know exactly why they've done that like every one of those decisions um individually i think makes a lot of a lot of sense and you i don't know whether it's easy to fault them or hard to fault them but it's i don't think it's terribly like i i think there's a lot of arguments you could use in favor of each of those individual decisions but the result as you say it's confusing because it, it, it especially sometimes like when you have a nice well-defined api like you know enum.filter is going to be or dot map or whatever one of these nice well-defined things it's it's kind of reasonably obvious but when you have something where it's not entirely clear which one should be the subject because sometimes you have an interaction between two different objects and and if you're not familiar, like if you are familiar with a language, it's obviously obvious. But if you're still trying to, you know, learn about the language, 
because a lot of the time you have a business, a business relationship between two things, both of which could be considered subject. Um, yeah, maybe that's like it just needs time for me to get used to it. I mean, it does just need time to get used to it. Um, but I think just one of the uh, one of the rules of, of of programming is, especially if you're doing full stack development across two different languages, uh, things that are surprising. Uh, where the bugs lie because if you make a mistake when you write it because it's surprising and you just sort of forget that you have to deal with this one special case and then you can make that same mistake when you're reading it and so even if you might somehow be supposed to know in reality you forget and so you make this mistake when you you don't really want to make the mistake but it's just it's just you know when you're tired you're frustrated you've got a bug to solve and you just you, you, you just don't notice it until you're debugging step by step. It reminds me of the joke when you try to sleep and then you suddenly found the solution <laughs> to your bug. Maybe that's why, because when you are relaxed or something, your brain finally put things together. <laughs> it can be like that. It can. It can. And ah. make sense of everything. Oh, I know this piece of information and the bug is because I didn't pay attention to it before. So, yeah, it's sort of like every every individual decision in in that in that process that came to the elixir decision. I understand it and then just the whole thing together seems like it's not really what I would want to be using. So, it's a bit frustrating, I guess, in some sense. Careful, careful. <laughs> Maybe it's because it's not pure elixir because I use Phoenix a lot instead of trying to utilize language. Well, I mean, I think almost everybody who's going to be coding an application is going to be coding it somehow in the context of, of some, um, you know, framework or whatever. I mean... Oh, yeah. F Phoenix is the web framework. For <laughs> so, I mean, you, you do have... Sometimes it's nice and you can write your entire system and you only have your framework at the edges. Um, but most frameworks tend to be trying to be all-encompassing, so you just need to w learn one set of tools and one set of documentation and now, you know, and now you know a lot of stuff. I mean, I don't know your code base well enough to say whether the boundaries between Phoenix and, and your application, your business logic, are well-defined. Um, they might be quite like I'm. I'm not, I, I don't think I don't think this this piping stuff um, and this surprising syntax is a consequence of of Phoenix. I think it's a part of the decision of Elixir. Reasonable okay. decisions, but but they just have this surprising result at the end. Should we talk about what's pipes in Haskell or in other languages or not? Well, maybe, I mean, we've already been talking for, this is not a bite-sized bite discussion. Yeah, um, okay, I think. So maybe we can have another discussion some other time. Yay, another <laughs> episode. <laughs> Should we give shout-outs to all the different countries who've listened to our podcast? <laughs> okay, for our early listeners. <laughs> yep, so. Okay, so <laughs> now we are reading our statistics from the anchor yep and so 63 percent of our listeners which will include one from dindor and one from me <laughs> um, 
uh, 63% of our listeners are in Germany. Hello. <laughs> or should I say moin? Moin von Hamburg. 9% of our of our users are of, of our listeners, which is probably one person. Um, actually, it is one person. 9% from Norway. I don't know what's hello. <laughs> no. In Swedish, it's hey. So maybe it's hey in Norwegian too. I don't know. Okay. <laughs> uh, 9% from the United States. That's easy. Hello. <laughs> 9% from Indonesia. Hello. Is that how you say it in Indonesian? Or hi. Apakabar. <laughs> <laughs> I've been told never to say apakabar. Uh, and 9% of our listeners from Russia. Oh, what's a privet? 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 I don't know what that means. Maybe it means you're welcome. Maybe it means hello. I don't know. <laughs> it means goodbye. Sorry to butcher your language. <laughs> and um, that's all of our listeners' countries. Thank you for listening to our podcast. And hopefully we can uh, increase those numbers. Or no, decrease uh, those numbers with more variety. Anyway, we're happy. I mean, I wanted to create this podcast as my personal notes to look back. But apparently, there are people who are interested in listening to our podcast. So thank you very much. And last time when we distributed it, we were only available on Spotify. But now this time, if you prefer to use a different system, apparently it's in Radio Public, Pocket Casts, Google Podcasts, Breaker, and of course Anchor. Um, as well as the RSS feed. So if you prefer one of those tools, they're available now. I guess you can search for Pipesicle or something. Or We're also really new to this podcasting, so... Yes. If we'll, there is feedback, feel free yeah, hopefully to reach out Our audio is us. a little bit better this time instead of me having so many pop. Okay, I think that is all. Yes. See you in the next episode. See you next episode. Ciao. Tschüssi. Au revoir.